at Crawford Bowers, and so, amen, there's lots of needs, and so God is a need meter, so ensemble, we could get somebody to turn the baptismal off, I would appreciate that, and we'll begin the Lord's service tonight, amen, we've got several folks at the visitation this evening, some that are sick, and of course, Sister Dolores and Sister Phillips. And so we're just going to believe the Lord to touch us that are here and those that may be tuning in either tonight or sometime in the future. Amen. Praise God. Is God an awesome God? Yes. Amen. You know, my grandchildren have been saying this, and all God's people said, Amen. Yeah, they've been saying that a lot. You know, we've been <laughs> praying or talking about the goodness of the Lord. And, and Abigail Brown, mainly, she's the one that started it. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Can we sing and lift up the name of Jesus tonight? Amen. Hallelujah.
Lord God, the name above all names. So good to see all of you this evening, our visitors. We're glad that you're here as well. Let's sing another song to the Lord, can we? Amen. Make a joyful noise unto him.
house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Amen. I'm glad that God is an exchanger yes. from my bad to his good. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. You can return to your seats this evening. So good to have you tonight, especially our visitors. We're glad that you're here. Brother Hillman's coming, and he is going to get these announcements out there. And I've got them all right here for you, these three right here. See him right there? I got him all right here. All right. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Coming to the first part of this month, or really in October, it's going to be a lot going on in this coming month, starting off the 6th of October at... Uh, 6 o'clock p.m. to 7 o'clock p.m. or we having a Texas conference um, that will be at 7 o'clock p.m. actually on the 6th. At 7 p.m. we're going to have service here at the church Texas conference and on the 7th we're going to have a e uh, afternoon service a fellowship at 1130 and then also on the 7th we're going to have a, a service at 6 p.m. And then, of course, on the 8th at 11.30, of course, those that's involved in that have a planning section session that we're going to have. And then the church potluck, of course, uh, following part of the month, we're having a, a potluck. That's going to be Sunday, October 30th. And then, of course, um, on the 31st, we're having a fall festival. That's going to be Monday, October 31st at 5 p.m. Amen. I want to know. Some of you that was unable to make our fellowship we had yesterday for the uh, uh, Veterans uh, Fellowship, we had a great time. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. We had we had um, a couple more visitors that, that came out to uh, fellowship with us. And, you know, we really have a good time just getting together. And we all experienced certain things, being in the military and stuff. They talked about the things that's happened. And and the, the hardship and the good times, the bad times and everything. And we really had a great time. So those, amen, I'm sure next month we probably have another one coming up. But I want you to know that y'all really missed it. Those was unable to come yesterday. Y'all missed a good time of fellowship with, with those that served. Amen. So we want to thank and praise the Lord for that. Amen. Other announcements will be announced uh, as we go into the month of October. Can you say amen? Amen. So at this time, we would like to receive our offering. Praise the Lord. Our tithes and our shekel offerings. Anything that you can give to the Lord. Amen. The church and the Lord will greatly appreciate it. Amen. Whatever you can give to support the work of God. Thank you, Brother Hillman. Amen. I like announcements. Let's me know how to stay involved. Amen. A couple other fundraisers. One is the Pumpkin Patch, and they will be delivering at 9 a.m. on October the 15th. We need everybody that can be here to help unload that, and it begins on the 17th. Also, I don't know much about it, but I'm looking forward to the pie in the face. I don't know much about it. It's either Sister Brown or Pastor Brown or both. If they're tied on the one that gets the most money. All right? So I don't know where they're at now. I don't know who's keeping record, but I sure want to know before it's final. Amen. Let's sing another song to the Lord tonight, could we? Amen. Praise the Lord. Put a smile on your face and stir up the joy. Oh, 
King of Glory. Our ensemble can be seated. I want to ask a question before we bring Pastor Brown up. I want to ask you a question. Whenever anybody makes a quote that people want to remember, let's say it's a positive quote, and people want to bring it up again, do they always, always, if they know, put who said it? Think about what I'm asking. Yeah, they do. If it's a quote, you got to know who said it. You don't know who said it, it's not really a quote. And technically, to be correct, if you're quoting something, you got to actually say, I quote, and give the person that said it credit. I'm going to preach this message one day. Not tonight, but one day I want you to think about that, because in my hand, I got a quote. All right, you think about that. Pastor Brown, there he comes, there he comes. The Lord bless him tonight. So good to see all of you this evening. The Lord bless you. Good evening. Praise the Lord, everyone. So good to be in the house of the Lord. I give honor to our bishop this evening. I give honor to the Lord, our God. I appreciate his faithfulness in the good times and the bad times. In the mountaintop experience, into the depths of the valley of the shadow of death, our God is consistent. And he is the rock in which we lean upon. He is the one that brings us under the safe place, which is the shadow of his wings in that secret place. And tonight, we continue to pray for Sister Sandra and her family. We pray for Sister Deloria, Dolores. We pray for those that are fighting sickness, those that are just going through things. We know a God that is able to bring us through it. Amen. This evening, I'm going to be reading in the book of Philippians chapter 1. We are going to be diving into chapters 12 through 18. We're just going to start with chapter 12 first and just see what God does this evening with the service. Amen. This, this message, I believe, is timely, not only just in the uh, array of circumstances that have transpired, but I think it's just timely in the aspect of reflecting on how we approach the situation and what we are in or we find ourselves. Amen. Philippians chapter 1, starting at verse 12. But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. Amen. If you feel comfortable in doing so, can we put our Bibles down? Can we close our eyes and lift our hands? And can we just focus on the remainder of this service and let those brothers and sisters that are in pain be in the forefront of our prayers here tonight? Amen, that the prayer that goes forward tonight transmits to where they are, those that are absent because of loss, those that are absent because of surgery, those that are absent because of sickness, that the prayers at this moment transmit to that place of need. Lord God of Jacob, I thank you that you are consistent, that you are the faithful one, that you are that friend that sticketh closer than a brother. That you are the God, when we are in the shadow of your wings, you never leave us nor forsake us. God, you give us exactly, exactly what we could handle, God. And Lord, we are honored, O oh Lord, for all the things that you have done in our life. God, we lift up Sister Sandra and her family right now. God, I can't even comprehend. God, I can't even equate to what they're going through. But one thing I know, God, is that you are good. One thing I'm assured of is that you are faithful, and I pray all right now, God, that you transmit that comfort to them right now, God. Lord, that the peace that passes all understanding, God, begin to saturate the place that they're at right now. That those that doubt you begin to feel you. Those that question you, God, they begin to sense you that you are in that place. Because, God, when you invent, invade the atmosphere, God, there is no doubting it. Lord, right now, God, send a peace that passes all understanding. Lord, we lift up Sister Dolores. God, you are a healer and the great and wise physician. We pray for her right now. And God, we pray for this service tonight. God, change our mindsets and how we approach our bonds in Jesus' name. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Amen. You may be seated. 
I like to preach this particular thought, empowerment in the midst of bondage. Empowerment in the midst of bondage. Amen. We're going to be getting to, we're going to be diving into what was going on in Philippians chapter 1 in the context of this particular epistle. But going through this and kind of reflecting on the, the Veterans Fellowship yesterday, it was just amazing, wasn't it, Brother George? And the camaraderie that we share from different theaters of operations and different time periods of military service, there is a camaraderie. And thinking about it and reflecting on it, man, I think about my journey coming into the Army and how there was a maturing process that happened. There was a, a moment, there was a time period in which I had to lay down my rationalization. I came into the U.S. Army in 2001, and Elder did his 21, 22 years ago, 24 years ago, excuse me, you had those two years, but everybody that had their military service, Brother George and Elder Phillips and Brother Edwin and Uncle Bob and those that came into basic training, you came in as a novice. And who you were when you came out of basic and came out of the military service, you were a different person as a military operator in whatever capacity it was. I remember coming in as a military police officer and being greeted by my drill sergeants and learning very quickly that my life as a civilian was now over. When You remember that, don't you, Brother Hillman? And as a novice, you had to submit yourself to the will of the Army. You had to learn to submit yourself to the will of the mission. But there was a transition process that happened through that training, going from John Brown as a civilian to, at the time, Private First Class Brown. I lost my first name. It just became Private First Class. But there was a transition process through every push-up, I was being hardened. With every sit-up, I was being hardened. With every mile that I ran, I was being hardened. Through the, to the gas chamber, the tear gas chamber, there was some tears. There was just some tears. I don't know if I was being hardened. But it was a, what it was doing was preparing me for that theater that was to come. I remember transitioning and going through basic, through MP school, and then getting to my units. And then there was a training. There was a transitional process. Yeah, I thought I was hardened in basic training. Yeah, I thought I was hardened in AIT. But, man, when you get to your line unit, there's a hardening that happens. There's a humility that happens. There's a submission to leadership. There's a submission to the higher NCOs because who you were is not ready for what's to come. There's a maturing process. I remember going to the field. I remember the training until it came time for my first deployment to the invasion of Iraq. And I thought to myself, man, if I went into Iraq as John Brown coming out of Yakima, Washington, man, I would have been in trouble. And that is how God works in our life, is that it is a transitional process when you agree. You are not the same person as you were when you received the Holy Ghost. You're not the same person as you were being baptized in Jesus' name. There's a hardening process, a temperance process, and God has taught you to submit to the mission, the Great Commission. God has taught you or instructed you to submit to your leadership because it is preparing you for the battles to come. And Elder, can you imagine Day one private in basic training, being welcomed at the, as, by the drill sergeants. Can you imagine deploying at that state? Man, I wouldn't know what to do. But it was the hardness of training. It was the difficult times of training that prepared me for the trial of my deployment to war. Now, it was not easy. It was a hardship. But even in the midst of combat, there was a hardening that happened within myself. I was not the same soldier I was when I first joined. God called us to be soldiers. God called us to be the soldiers of Christ. And we should never, ever be the same person we were the moment we we recruited being born again of water and of spirit, there should be a hardness, a maturity, and a growth that transpires when we come to that place. 
So don't be shocked when you're in a trial. God's just training you. Don't be in disbelief when you're in tribulation. God is just training you for what's to come. Amen. So we look at Philippians chapter 1. We are coming to the end of what they believe was Paul's life. It was the year 62 AD. Paul is coming to the end of his two-year imprisonment in Rome. Now, this man who learned that I am not asked out of want, but in whatever state I find myself to therewith be content, you have a Paul that was shipwrecked, as Bishop mentioned last week. He was stoned. He was at the point of that too dying. He was bit by a snake. All this adversity, but he understood that everything that he went through prepared him for the mission. And he did not waste his time with his two years in Rome. Amen. I hope we're listening tonight. He didn't waste his time as he was in his bonds in Rome. For those two years, he, could, he was in prison for two years. They believed that he was in house arrest by the Romans. But you knew Paul. Paul knew that his time was short. He went from appeal to appeal, trying to go to Caesar, trying to go to all these legislative individuals. But he knew that his time was short. But he did not waste those two years because it was a hardness of the ministry his three ministerial trips going all over Asia Minor, going all over the Middle East, and birthing church, he understood what it was to be hardened to prepare him for this moment. We cannot waste the time in our trial, and we can't waste the time in the tribulation because us trusting God can bless somebody. Paul, in the midst of his prison, was writing to the churches in Philippi, in Galatia, in Rome, in Corneth. He did not waste his time. He wanted to bestow and bless through these epistles. He understood that his time was short. What are we doing with our time in the midst of our trial? Our prayer, our trust, our faith. Being rock steady, trusting in the rock of our salvation, can bless somebody else. And this is what Paul was doing, writing to Philippians. Many of you tonight are in various stages of your walk with God. You have different maturity levels. As I stated, you shouldn't be the same person you were when you were recruited into this truth. You should mature from the moment that you were born again of water and of spirit, you shouldn't stay as a child. Milk is good for a while, but I want the brisket. I want the meat. Amen. The trials and tribulations of our faith should temper us and harden us into a soldier for Christ. If I am still in the same state I was in maturity five years ago, there is a problem. Because when the hurricane comes, I'm going to be decimated. When the massive battle comes, I'm going to be decimated. But it needs to be a maturity that happens month after month, day after day, prayer after prayer, fasting after fasting. There's got to be a maturity. Amen. Many of you have overcome a trial recently, and many of you are in your trial now. But there is a testimony that was birthed in the victory, and God will deliver you in the midst of this trial if we just trust him. Paul knew, God, you could deliver, but him knowing the workings of Rome, as I said, writing to Philippi in his, the ending of his two-year imprisonment, Paul knew that he was going to be going to his death. I have ran this race with patience. I have finished this race. He knew that he was going to his death. As we know, at the end of these two years, Paul was to be beheaded in the middle of Rome. But he did not waste his time to attempt to bless others. I guarantee Paul was even preaching to his executioner. Watch what my God has done. Amen. Tonight is your night. Tonight is your night. 
In the midst of the battle, what do we do with it? In the midst of our bonds, what do we do with it? Let's look at Philippians chapter 1, verses 13 through 14. So that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. So you telling me that Paul, who was in prison for two years in Rome before his death, wanted to manifest in all places. And the bonds in Christ are manifested because he took the bonds in Rome to manifest his bonds in Christ. Being in those bonds is what we do with it to change lives and to mature us, not to decimate us. Next verse, please. And I love this one. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. If Paul can do it, I can do it. When we hold on to God in the midst of loss, in the midst of trouble, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of bonds, it brings a boldness to someone else. If they can do it in Christ, I could do it in Christ. Now, Paul could have had a pity party, but that was not in Paul's DNA. This is a man that was blind on the way to Damascus and had that calling from Jesus Christ, speaking to him in the Hebrew tongue, said, I have a mission, and I want to grow as this individual in Christ. Writing to Philippi, because I am not wasting this trial, God will receive the glory. Because I am trusting in you that God is going to receive the glory in the midst of these bonds. Now, some of us end up in bondage. But God wants to give empowerment like he did to Paul and these brethren. So they're waxing confident in my bonds. Much more bold to speak the word without fear. Amen. Now, there's a spirit of bondage. We could be bound to addiction. We could be bound to sin. We could be bound to a spirit. But the type of bonds is we fall into a type of bondage when it comes to a trial. Are we bound not by emotion? When we're in a trial, it becomes a type of bonds. Was Paul in bonds throughout his ministry? Shipwrecked, bitten, right, stoned, ostracized. We, fall, we find ourselves in a spiritual bond in our walk with God. Because there's an emotional investment to it. There's a thought investment to it. But it's what we do in the bonds. God can empower us. As I said in the army, every trial in the army, everything that I went through, every combat made me a better soldier. It hardened me as a soldier. But everything that we go through, and if we're bound by a trial, a tribulation, our loss can be our bonds. We are chained to that because our emotions and our thoughts are chained to it at the time. But God is in the midst of the bonds. Paul and Silas sang in the midst of the bonds. And I believe that there was an earthquake because Paul understood, I'm not wasting this bondage. I'm going to be empowered in the midst of the bondage. Amen. Nature has a funny way has an amazing way. I shouldn't call it funny. Everything is so meticulously created by our God. Nature has a wonderful way of adapting to the fights. Now, I believe in a level of adaptation because God created it. Animals adapt to their environment. Animals adapt for the warfare and the fight. We have a chicken. She's the matriarch. She's my oldest chicken in the flock. Her name is Blondie. She's like over four years old, but she is the matriarch. If a chicken would have a throne, she'd be the queen. This girl has been around so long that there is such an adapting to the battle. We had three peacocks show up, bigger than her, started to mess with this chicken, and Blondie jumped up like a velociraptor, and just started kicking those peacocks in there. Whoa. We had a rooster trying to be a rooster. He would get beat up. 
and walk around with his head down. And Blondie's, but she learned over her years how to fight. She learned over her years how to survive. And God has taken the concept of adapting to the battle from nature, and it's applied to our spiritual warfare. God wants you to be, may I say, for the ladies, the matriarchs, and the patriarchs for the men of the midst of your battle. When the peacock comes in flaunting its feathers, those peacocks were, I'm like, you get them, girl. (laughs) And she would just sit there. And start eating, and they would be right here, and she's, I'm like, yeah, that's my girl. But God wants us to have that confidence in our combats. Because the bonds and the trials and tribulations should harden us. Amen. And so tonight, some of us are in those battles, Uncle Bob. Some of us are in the trials and tribulation, and we're bound like Paul in the midnight hour, to the chains of the situation. As I said, not just a bondage and sin or addiction, but we're bound to our trial until God delivers us from it. Until there may be a shipwreck in our life. We're bound to it, but we're trusting God like the angel spoke to Paul. You're not going to die. I'm settled. Gotcha. Shipwreck, I'm settled. Because he has learned not asking out of want in whatever state I find myself to therewith be content. Okay, I'm bound to this trial. God's just hardening me. I'm bound to this heartache. God is just hardening me. I'm bound to this loss and chains, and it's uncomfortable, and it's lonely, but God is with you. If Paul can do it, we can do it. Why do you think it is annotated in Scripture? Because if Paul can do it, we can do it. Amen. He wants that boldness in him. A child of God is hardened and gains wisdom in the success of their trial. You know what that that key word is, success in the trial. It's what we allow God to do in our trial. But most importantly, what we allow God to do with us in the trial was we try to approach doing it in our own ways. But I'm just going to be honest, our ways are flawed. Our ways are finite when God is eternal and all in all. Amen. Don't be surprised to find yourself in the trial. God is growing you and strengthening you and creating a memorial in the midst of the battle. Last scripture for tonight and last thoughts. I like to go through verses 15 through 18. This is interesting, Elder, because you get a glimpse of intentions, and you get a glimpse of mindsets. Go ahead. Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife. That sounds like a contradiction to me, but let's continue. And some also of goodwill. Okay. That's, that's very kind. The one preach Christ of contention. That's another contradiction to me, but let's continue. Not sincerely. Supposing to add affliction to my bonds. Oh, man. Next verse, please. But the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. That should be us. The defense of the, I am set. I am planted. May I say he dug his foxhole. He's got his sector stakes. He can call artillery if he wants. God, not a problem. But he's got his area of operation. He's not, I am set for the defense of the gospel. Last scripture, please. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Paul had some competition. He had other ministers, they believed, that were competitive to him. Some preached envy. Some preached strife. Some preached contention. Some just preached and spoke just to add more to Paul. He said, okay, whatever your intention is, if Christ is preached, if the gospel is preached, I rejoice. So there's two ways we look at that. 
What is our heart in the midst of the battle? Is it envy? Is it strife? Is it contention? Or is it the joy? Is it to lift that brother up, that sister up? Because their intentions and mindsets in the midst of their battle, that was ungodly. That was unwrong. Now, just as long as the gospel is preached and Jesus preached, Paul still says, I, I don't care what you throw at me, just as long as the gospel is perpetuated. Because he understood in whatever state I find myself, I'm not asked, I'm not asked I don't want, but I'm going to be content because God is with me. I mean, I was ostracized by my own peers that time under the feet of Gamaliel. They threw rocks at me. But what do we do in the trial? What is our mindset? If we're not careful, there's strife. There's contention. Amen. Last thought. A child learns since we're talking about character. I think, Evan, I remember going through our early childhood. They believe that a child's character is built up the first three to five years of their life. And how that child is interacted with begins to create and establish their character. As the saying goes, everything happens at the house. Everything starts at the house. And character is everything. So what house are we listening to? A child emulates their parents, their mannerisms, their attitude, their character. And so to have our heart and intention, we've got to ensure we're in our father's house. To build our character based on godly principles. Otherwise, I come to church, and it may be gospel, but I have envy, strife, contention. And, man, I love it when I add more heartache to this person. Just like they said, they're trying to add to my issues. They're trying to add to my persecution. But I still rejoice because Christ is still Christ's gospel goes forward. So tonight, I'm in my trial. We could stand to our feet tonight. I'm in my tribulation. I am bound to it. But I'm still going to praise in the midnight hour in these bindings. Can we lift our hands tonight? God, empower us. I w Amen. I really wish that some would focus tonight because this is for you as well. Jesus, begin to move into this house, God. Create in us a clean heart. Renew in us the right spirit. God, I thank you, Lord, that when you place me in the trial... God, it's a training opportunity, another opportunity to grow, to be hardened. Oh, God, to mature in you, to mature in you, to mature in you, oh, God. Lord, encourage us tonight, God, that no matter what transpires, that you are with us. And God, empower us, God, not that we've asked out of want, but God, help us to learn, help us to learn in whatever state we find ourselves, to be there with content. Because, God, you are growing us, you are maturing us, and you are hardening us. God, move on, my, on your sons and your daughters. Move, God, on my brothers and sisters tonight. God, help us to be empowered in the midst of bonds. God, thank you for being with us in Jesus' name. Bishop, amen. These altars are open. We will pray for you. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Continue to pray for Sister Sandra and her family, Sister Dolores. Amen. Those that are not here tonight. Amen. God is able. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you tonight.